athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. As always, you're tuned into the dopest show on radio right here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. It is indeed March Madness, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the madness in March is happening in basketball, college basketball, more specifically. Some of the madness is happening in the National Football League. I mean, if you're a New York Giants fan, you got to be absolutely, you got to be uh, for lack of a better word, mad right now with the Odell Beckham trade. Like, I mean, you can say what you want and, you know, maybe they call themselves getting ahead of a potential problem. But and, and I realize that Odell Beckham has had some issues and that he was injured last year. But when this guy is healthy, he's probably the second best wide receiver in the National Football League behind Antonio Brown, who ultimately signs with the Oakland Raiders. That's a good get by the Raiders. The Raiders, everybody, they were much maligned in terms of uh, some of the some of the trades, the Khalil Mack uh, situation. You also look at the situation with Amari Cooper, who was ultimately traded. But when you look at the Raiders, they got a bunch of first-round picks. And, I mean, I definitely would have – I mean – the Raiders win in that situation in terms of trading Amari Cooper. They get a first-round pick back, and they still get um, Antonio Brown. They trade for Antonio Brown, and they don't even have to give up a first-round pick for that for that trade. So, I mean, I think that <laughs> we talked. You know, you you can. I don't know that I necessarily agreed or disagreed with a lot of the moves that. Uh, that John Gruden was making. But at the end of the day, boy, that was a big time signing. They got a stockpile of first round picks. They got some talent. I mean, he's he wants to rework this team in his image. And I think right now the Raiders are certainly winning. But I mean, the Browns are winning right now as well. I mean, wow, the Browns are winning to be able to get Odell Beckham. And, you know, you have Baker and, you know, Landry and you know, Chubb, you got all these guys, and that offense should be pretty good. The defense should be pretty good as well. And I thought, to be honest with you, from my perspective, I thought the Browns were making some pretty good moves on last year to sort of set themselves up for this. And, and all of the naysayers with respect to Baker and all of that, boy, they are eating their words right now. So the Browns are poised to make some moves. Got a whole lot to get to today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As a matter of fact, a little bit later on, as a matter of fact, in this segment, we're going to be joined by Virginia State head men's basketball coach Lonnie Blow going to join us today on the program. Virginia State winning another 
CIAA Tournament Championship, their second CIAA Tournament Championship uh, in four in in four CIAA tournaments, or in three years, if you want to look at it that way. And I mean, they were able to get Shaw um, in the championship game. They got out by like 30 points on Shaw. Shaw ultimately able to make a run, but it wasn't enough. And so we're going to talk with Virginia State head men's basketball coach Lonnie Blow today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Gardner-Webb ultimately won the Big South Conference Tournament Championship. And Tim Kraft is the head coach at Gardner-Webb. We're going to be joined by Tim Kraft, the head men's basketball coach at Gardner-Webb today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You know, last weekend I wanted to make it down um, and as a matter of fact, on Sunday, the Big South Championship game was played. And by the way, that Big South Championship game was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Radford against Gardner-Webb, it went tit for tat. I had a chance to watch that game. And um, ultimately, the uh, Campbell was hosting Gardner-Webb last uh, week. I didn't have a chance to make that game again. Campbell's like seven miles down the road from us. But I tell you what, Gardner-Webb played well and uh, they played well in that Big South Championship game. So, again, Tim Kraft, the head men's basketball coach at Gardner-Webb, going to join us today here on the program. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, an NBA and ABA legend, a Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer, the A-Train, Artis Gilmore. Artis Gilmore also going to join us today. Here on From the Press Box to Press Row. So as you can see, we are absolutely jam-packed today on the program. Want you to participate here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As always, hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. And on Instagram, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Thank you to our great affiliates around the country that carry From the Press Box to press row, I mean, listen, you know, I, I try to shout out as many affiliates as possible because we have so many that carry us around the country. Big shots out to WJSU in Jackson, Mississippi, who carries from the press box to press row. Also, WPRL in Lorman, Mississippi, that carries the program. While we're in Mississippi, how about WVSD that carries from the press box to press row? Of course, those listening to us, on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142, and those listening to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. Let's continue here on from the press box to press row. The NCAA Division II regionals begin on this weekend, and the Virginia State Trojans, 27 and 4 on the season, they are champions of the CIAA by virtue of a 77 to 66 victory over Shaw in the championship game as Lonnie Blow, the head men's basketball coach at Virginia State, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Once again, Coach Blow, congratulations and welcome back to the program. Thank you, Donald. Appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. For you, your second championship as the head coach at Virginia State. Uh, just just your thoughts uh, on your team's victory in the championship game over Shaw. Uh, well, you know, obviously we got off to a really good start there. We kind of jumped on them right away and, um, you know, kind of built the lead there and then second half kind of even increased the lead more. So I thought we were ready to play. Uh, I thought we were really focused and locked in on, you know, making sure we play well in the championship 
championship atmosphere. So, uh, you know, really good for our guys, and I thought we played well and managed to – they made a you know, great run in us, but we managed to hold on and, and pull it out, and, uh, you know, we've been excited ever since. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, it's a big win. Again, you're the only coach in CIAA history to have won a championship with two different teams, of course, with St. Augustine's uh, back in 2010, and now two championships for Virginia State. Any Well, probably uh, any one of the two – Sweeter is this one sweeter than the one from three years ago? Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, they're all sweet, man. <laughs> it's tough to compare them because they're all different, you know. Um, but that feeling that you get um, when that when that horn goes off at the end of the game, man, it's uh, it's always the same. It's always kind of a feeling of euphoria and just you know satisfaction and accomplishment and. You know, all that stuff. I just think that this year um, we were so consistent all year long. And, you know, we lost a couple games by a point early in the year. And we were just, you know, ready for every challenge that came our way. So, um, you know, wanted it really badly this year because, you know, without winning it this year, as good as we were during the regular season, um, you know, non-conference and conference, you know, as good as we were, to not win it this year would have been, you know, a bit of a disappointment because, um, I thought we, you know, played played well enough, and we earned the right to be conference champions. So it, it was um, it was definitely gratifying, you know, to come out with the championship uh, uh, a couple Saturdays ago. Yeah, no, it, it was it was certainly a, a great win. Um, so the, the game, I mean, you got a game obviously uh, this weekend against uh, Notre Dame, who won the Met Conference. Even before I talk about that, let me just go quickly back to the game against Shaw Jameer Housie. Man, he's an absolute beast. I mean, 28 points and 12 rebounds. <laughs> he was so dominant. And you guys, you know, you guys had some size against a Shaw team that had some size as well. So talk a little mm-hmm. bit about his performance in that game. Uh, wow. Man, Jameer really came up big, man. He, you know, he's a really good player, man. He's just so talented. And, you know, he, he, the kid can play inside and outside. And uh, he just was, you know, came out, you know, with, with, with a with a dominating type mentality, and you know, every time we got him the ball inside, you know, he made a good move and scored, or you know, a lot of times he just got the offensive rebound, stuck it back in, uh, you know. So it, it was great to see him play that way, and he's been consistent all year long, though. He's one of those guys who shoots a high percentage from the floor, man. I don't know exactly what he's shooting now, but most of the year he's shooting over sixty percent from the field and you know you look at his games and you look at the stats at the end of the game and you know you can't really tell how well he played until you look at the stats and you realize that the kid had you know 22 points and he was seven for eight from the field you know or <laughs> or six for nine or you know rarely did he shoot a poor percentage and i kept telling the guys that as a coach that if i don't get him more shots then i'm stupid you know i say if any of the rest of you are shooting 60 percent you deserve more shots too so it's just the way it goes. And he was really consistent all year long, scoring and rebounding the ball. But, you know, he's a really good player. He's a good, really good all-around player. That the voice, of course, of the head men's basketball coach at Virginia State, Lonnie Blow, who joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Trojans are going to be in action on Saturday at, the uni- at, the, uh, at Indiana uh, of Pennsylvania. They're taking on Notre Dame College, who's out of the Mountain East, who won the Mountain East, as a matter of fact. Can you also, mm-hmm. Coach Blow, talk about this team um, being more of a veteran team in the fact that, you know, you got some guys returning from last year. But not only that, 
a lot of the guys that you have on this team had played college basketball previously. Right, right. Yeah, got a good mix of, uh, you know, returning guys and, and new guys that their first year playing with us. And, you know, when we kind of put the team together, we thought we had a, you know, nice mix, nice mix of, of, of guys who are returning to kind of know the system. And the new guys, uh, you know, kind of came in, you know, with, with the open mind and uh, learned the system pretty quickly. You know, we picked it up pretty quickly. And now all we had to kind of do was mesh together as a team. And I thought as the season went on, you know, we kind of figured out, you know, our roles and figured out, you know, what it takes for us to be successful as a team. And um, But, you know, just the mental part is, is, is just, a you know, a, uh, a great deal for me because everybody kind of bought in and everybody was focused and ready to play night in and night out. And, you know, you look around, you know, college basketball and, you know, it doesn't happen a whole lot. You know, you look at, you look at teams that are, you know, you look at Gonzaga going down as good as they are. And I love the Zags, man, but it's just, it's tough, man. It's just tough to play all year long and be consistent and going to a tournament, the number one seed and, uh, you know, it's just once you get to the tournament, it's a it's a, it's a one and done, you know, survive in advance, you know, kind of deal. So anybody can win that thing. But to go through as the best team all year long and then to to come out as the best team in the tournament as well, it's really hard to do. And so uh, we're excited about our opportunity uh, on Saturday starting the tournament. And um, you know, we're just we're just excited and and and, and gratified about our season. Hold the line for me one second. Coach Blow, I'm up against a break. Again, Lonnie Blow, the head men's basketball coach at Virginia State, is joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. On the other side, we'll continue the conversation and talk with Coach Blow about the competition in the Atlantic region as From the Press Box to Press Row rolls on. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. From the Press Box to Press Row. Ladies and gents, players and pimps, listen. You know what this is. This is the one and only Eagle Double G or AKA Snoop Lion, top selector number one. Rastafari. An original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky is really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I couldn't help myself, and I ate it all, and I was hoping that you could, like, help me replace it before he comes home from work. Why would you eat all of Dad's beef jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's beef jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Thanks, Mom. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You can also purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com, or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip. 
the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina, served in Durham at the Durham Hotel, Grub Durham, the Durham Co-op, Zoeli's, Saltbox Seafood Joint, Sam's Bottle Shop, in Raleigh at College Beverage, and Hawk Pen, in Greensboro at Bestway Grocery, Gia's, and Dame's Chicken and Waffles, in Winston-Salem at City Beverage, Sweet Potatoes, X-Carrot Mexican Grill and Cantina, and Carolina's Vineyards and Hops, in Rocky Mount at Goat Island, in Chapel Hill at Mama Dips, in Charlotte at Urban Bricks, and TCB. 5400 Grill. For the best box to press row and box to row.com, your HBCU sports Yo, leader. Let's keep it on the one black, and we don't stop making records to people of code, checking and respect standing because it rocks. The sales won't stop. Those of the doctor, 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 and I'm the diggy diggy doc, y'all. Hoping it yes, y'all. DLC on the set, we kick it fresh, y'all. We're back with Virginia State head men's basketball coach Lonnie Blow here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Last thought on, on the CIAA tournament. I know I talked with you right before the game and talked a little bit about um, last year's team. And I thought, you know, I thought you had the best team going in. It didn't happen for you ultimately. Mm-hmm. Was the message all season to this team that, listen, we we sort of underachieved a little bit last year. That was a championship, t- a CIAA tournament championship team you ultimately didn't win. Of course, you went on to, to participate in the regional. But was that something mm-hmm. you emphasized to the guys during the course of the season? Yeah, we talked about a little bit, you know, not a whole lot. Um, you know, I just think, you know, I thought that, you know, this year we went in, into the tournament with a lot of momentum, we're playing really well. I thought last year we kind of, kind of stumbled into the tournament. You know, we won the last four or five games, but we weren't playing well. You know, we, we managed to win the games or pull them out at the end or something like that, but we just wasn't playing good basketball. And I thought that you know, the difference was this year we went into the tournament with momentum. You know, we had a 16 game winning streak and. Uh, you know, lost to Union at at, at Union, uh, and that kind of got us back on track and got us back focused. And from from that game on, you know, we begin to play at a really high level and and, and begin to execute better and and just do you know just play winning basketball more. So I thought that that momentum that we carried into the tournament kind of helped us throughout the tournament because I mean, not not often that a team can go through the CIAA tournament. And, win all three games by 10 points or more. That's, the, the, the league's too tough. You know, the league's too tough, and people keep, you know, talking to me about, you know, how we make it look easy. Uh, that's perception. It's, it's definitely not an easy league by no stretch of the imagination. So if you can do that in, in this tournament, as tough as, tough as it is year in and year out, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no question. Lonnie Blow is the head men's basketball coach. At Virginia State, he joins us here on the program. You know, I didn't know a whole lot about Notre Dame College sort of coming into this interview, did a little bit of research. Anytime, because the bottom line is in the Atlantic region, pretty much West Liberty has been the, the, the cream of the crop in this league yeah. probably for yeah. about the last 10 years or so. So they beat mm-hmm. West Liberty in the champion, in the Mountain East championship game, and they right. score a lot of points. So your yeah. thoughts, I mean, what are your concerns about Notre Dame? Uh, yeah, they're a team that scores a lot of points, you know, game in and game out. You know, they're, they're a really skilled team, you know, a bunch of guys who kind of know their roles and play their roles really well. Um, but obviously their centerpiece is the big kid where he's inside. And, you know, most of the stuff that they do kind of runs through him. You know, they get it to him in the low post. And, you know, he, he kind of runs the offense from there. They'll get it to him in the high post. And he's 
such a good passer and, and, and things like that, just knows how to play. So they, so they depend on him a lot to kind of help him bring it down against the press and handle pressure and everything. So uh, obviously we got to pay, you know, attention to him. But, you know, we don't want to over, 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 you know, attention him and let some of the other guys get off. Uh, you know, I thought that's what West Liberty did a little bit. You know, they paid a lot of attention to him. He still had a big game because he's going to have a big game. He's a good player. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just think you got to kind of control him a little bit and, Make sure the other guys don't get off. Point guard's really good, man. He comes off ball screens, great shots for himself, great shots for his teammates. He kind of just takes what you give him. You know, he doesn't force things, doesn't turn it over. Um, but he's a scorer, averaging about 18 points a game, so he can he can he can put the ball in the basket from inside and outside as well. Strong kid and Scarberry kid on the wing, knockdown shooter. Can't leave him. You got to be there on the catch, and he plays his role extremely well. He's you know, shot ready when he catches the ball. So, uh, you know, they're just a balanced type team. Uh, they don't have, they don't play a lot of people as far as depth goes, but the guys that they play really play their roles well. So, you know, we can't make a lot of mistakes. We've got to make sure we take care of the ball and, and not have defensive lapses on on the defensive end. Because whatever you do, they make you pay for it. So, we got to make sure we're good on both ends of the floor. Lonnie Blow, the head men's basketball coach at Virginia State, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Trojans' opening round game in the Atlantic region is against Notre Dame College in Indiana. Coach Blow, we appreciate the time. We'll be following you throughout the course of your run in the tournament. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. So the Trojans certainly have their work cut out for them against Notre Dame College and that's a good basketball team. I mean, if you look at their schedule and results, you look at the points that they're putting up. I mean, again, for them to be able to beat West Liberty, West Liberty has been the cream of the crop in the Atlantic region for at least 10 years. They either hosted tournaments, they've made it to the Elite Eight numerous times. And so to be able to put 100 points against them and win the Mountain East is absolutely spectacular. By the way, the Mountain East is the former West or WVIAC or West Virginia Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. So Virginia State has its work cut out for it. But at the end of the day, Lonnie Blow is an outstanding basketball coach. And I, I, I think that uh, Virginia State's going to compete. And also, as good an offense as Notre Dame College has, Virginia State is very, very good defensively. So this should be a pretty good basketball game. You're tuned into From the Press Box to Press Row. I'm your host, Donald Ware. Still plenty more of the program to come. And as a matter of fact, still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row, you're going to hear from the head men's basketball coach at Gardner-Webb as Tim Kraft going to join us on the program. Up next, an NBA and ABA legend joins us. Find out who I'm talking to next as From the Press Box to Press Row rolls on. Stick around and see who's wagging their tongue next with Donald Ware. From the Press Box to Press Row. Mo stars, Mo names in the news, just Mo Spotes with Donald Ware. From the press box to press row. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And as a matter of fact, we're joined by an NBA and ABA legend and a Naismith 
Hall of Famer. As a matter of fact, you know, I was watching that Gardner-Webb game uh, last week. Of course, they, they ended up winning the whole thing. It was a great basketball game. And, and the announcers made mention that Artis Gilmore attended Gardner-Webb. I had no idea when it was a junior college. And guess what? We got him on the line. Of course, he has a book that is out. It is called Here Comes the A-Train. We'll talk more about that. book can be found at ArtistGilmore.com. As Artis Gilmore joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Artis, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, uh, the invite and to uh, participate with the, uh, your fans. Absolutely. No, the pleasure is all ours, as a matter of fact, to, in fact, be able to talk with you. I thought it was very interesting. You know, I had no idea, and we're here in the state of North Carolina, um, that uh, you went to Gardner-Webb. And I know Gardner-Webb has become a little bit more relevant lately because it's D1. When you were going there, it was a JUCO. So what were your feelings when uh, you saw that Gardner-Webb had, in fact, won the conference, the Big South Conference Tournament? I, I was so uh, so proud of them. And, in fact, uh, uh, in February, uh, on Saturday, the February Saturday uh, for the All-Star Game, I was there uh, a part of the uh, reunion of formal um classmates or players from uh, my era and on up. Uh, so it was having a, a sort of a gathering and acknowledging those players, and they certainly uh, reminisced and, and talked about some of the times that, or the times when I were when I was a student uh, on that, that, lo- that site, that location. Yeah, no question. Again, originally being from Florida and then ultimately playing high school basketball uh, in Alabama. How did you end up at Gardner-Webb? Again, at that time, was a junior college. Well, uh, first and primary reason is because my academic background were were not strong enough to allow me to move into a um, major institution from the beginning. So, Normally, that was the process to, uh, to uh, go, uh, rather, attend and graduate from a junior college and uh, uh, develop your credits and prepare yourself for the, for the next level. Yeah, can you kind of take us a different time in, in basketball and then even more specifically, I guess, on the JUCO level? And, of course, you ultimately transferred to Jacksonville University. You're very active in the Jacksonville community, and we'll talk more uh, about that. But what were what was that time like? You know, again, you're you're in you know you're in North Carolina now, in in, in a rural part of North Carolina, I might add, having come from Alabama. So, what what was that like? That transition like for you playing at Gardner Webb in those days, like at Gardner Webb? Well, uh, it, it was re- really really challenging. Uh, I, you know, I think uh, as you reminisce and reflect back in those earlier days, how how tense the relationships were in the uh, this country, and uh, and certainly my first time in an integrated environment was at Gardner Webb, and certainly, you know, the most important thing is that uh, I, I think the faculty and professors kind of, in a sense, related to my relationship, my my, my situation, and they were 
instrumental in uh, helping me to uh, uh, insert myself into being a part of the that institution. Yeah, no question about it. And then ultimately, uh, you ended up transferring to Jacksonville. And, you know, one of the things I sort of find interesting, college basketball as a whole was a lot different than in this respect. I mean, you looked at a lot of this, a lot of the schools that we consider smaller schools now were really, you know, were, were really at the top of their game. Jacksonville, for instance, you helped to lead them to the national championship game in 1970 um, against UCLA. You look at some of the, you know, I was looking at something with respect to Furman and some of these other schools that we now think of smaller schools, but were really playing at a high level back then. So talk about that time at Jacksonville University and more specifically helping to lead your team to that 1970 national championship game against uh, a very powerful UCLA team. No, well, Continue to remember, we are early into the relationships, but of integration, and in fact, uh, just uh, as my departure from Garden Web in '68, Martin Luther King was assassinated, and and many parts of the country were still pretty much in that, you know, that that particular mindset, and so, but we were able. Uh, to do something special, and we 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 acknowledge the fact we gather not uh, galvanize the the individual students and uh, teammates, and we just were able to excel and move forward and and uh, create an environment in the community and do something very very special. Yeah, no, no, it's no question about it. Uh, what was that? I know Henry Bibby, who's from Franklinton, North Carolina, as a matter of fact, was part of that UCLA basketball team so what was that you know sort of take us if you can i mean i know it was a while ago but to that national championship game you guys were playing against a a very powerful and well at least noted ucla team at that time yes a very much established uh, program yep but you know even now you go to if you travel to california it appears to be a different world from <laughs> and it was worlds and worlds away from uh, what it was like uh, in the South. And I can't imagine what Henry Bibby, growing up in North Carolina, what he experienced, and all of a sudden the cultural the experience and allow him to flourish and, and develop into the individual that he uh, become. You know, it, it's a great point. I was sort of reading a little bit um, with respect to your uh, to your website, which, of course, is artistgilmore.com and about the book. Uh, Here comes the A train. Is that is that one of the reasons you were playing ball? I forget the name of the, the, the city in Florida, but is that because of the integration situation? Is that one of the reasons that you tra- uh, decided to, in fact, go and play uh, basketball in the state of Alabama? Exactly. My hometown was Chipley, Florida, which yep. was, you know, a total uh, mileage was like 31 miles with uh, in crossing the state line of Alabama. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, it had a significant impact on my decision and, and uh, allow me to move to uh, that location. And, you know, even considering during that time, Alabama was not integrated. So it was uh, uh, just an challenging environment, but it was a larger program. And 
it allowed me to be able to uh, do something unique and very special. The A-Train, artist Gilmore, the one and only, an 11-time ABA and NBA All-Star. He's a Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer, ABA champion, MVP, and rookie of the year in the ABA. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Uh, of course, you were drafted ultimately by the Kentucky Colonels. So what about that time in the in ABA? Can you talk about um, that time in the ABA? You playing against some great players. Dr. J, I mean, you guys were rookie. I can't believe that. Dr. J, Rick Barry, some of these great players that we know. What was that time like in the ABA? Well, obviously, it was a challenge between the two leagues, the NBA and the ABA. And the, ultimately, uh, the, the teams uh, at the end of my five-year uh, term, they were able to uh, uh, come to an agreement, and they absorbed five teams from the ABA and become expansion uh, franchise, and, uh, and, and everything moved forward. But uh, in the beginning, in the, you know, the process was uh, was really, you know, it was a challenge for me. I enjoyed it. It was a great experience of growth and and uh, observing the uh, the financial changes and uh, around me between the, the the challenge for the merger to come about. Yeah, and they uh, the seventy five ABA championship with the Colonels t- sort of take us through that season and then ultimately what it was like to play for Hubie Brown, who a hall of fame coach and a phenomenal, uh, announcer. Well, Hubie, uh, you know, I acknowledge him as one of the greatest coaches of, of all times. And certainly he proved that, uh, you know, he was out of the NBA for about 20 years and returned and came back and, and he was able to, uh, excel and become the uh, coach of the year uh, uh, with the Grizzlies. I mean, he's just been a, a phenomenal and extraordinary coach, and he certainly was an instrumental in elevating uh, the Kentucky Colonels to uh, uh, a championship in 1975. The A-Train, the one and only artist Gilmore, joins us here on the program ABA and NBA Great. So, who who got who got the better of the other, you or Dr. J? As I mentioned, you guys came in the ABA in the same year. Well, it was it was pretty fascinating. Uh, Julius was a tremendous player, and, and and I think simply because he had not received that much exposure at at uh, University of Mass, and then. Uh, Decided to depart as an underclassman. I love to say, and certainly you got a, a quite a few dunks in on me, <laughs> and and uh, I challenged him a few times. And so, you know, I'm not necessarily say that was one had the better or the other, but uh, uh, Julius was a unique figure in the development of the ABA. A couple of more thoughts with the one and only artist Gilmore, NBA, ABA legend, who joins us here on the program. Of course, went on to have a, after the ABA days, you went on to have some really, really good years with the Chicago Bulls and then the San Antonio Spurs as well. You ultimately went back to the Bulls. What was that like playing with MJ, with Michael Jordan? Well, it was only for half of the year. 
And, I, you know, I just thought he was just uh, uh, one of the hardest working individuals in show business, <laughs> especially even in practice. So uh, he was a hungry uh, athlete, and he had a desire, he had a, a goals, and he was able to uh, obtain those uh, those particular goals. He just uh, he was just a focused individual. So you, I believe I was reading your first contract. I forget the number of years in the ultimate contract, but I think it averaged out to something like 250000 a year. And then ultimately when you signed with the Bulls, I was reading it was three years and a million dollars. You look at what these players are making today is absolutely astronomical. So what are your thoughts on the NBA as a whole today? Well, you know, first of all, I have to say those uh... – those figures was truly overemphasized. The ABA, they, uh, <laughs> they, there was no way they had that kind of uh, those kind those kind of funds, and uh, so they were elevated. And and likewise with uh, uh, when once I arrived in uh, Chicago. So, but that that part of the story is not totally uh, true. Okay. Uh, but I did receive a, you know, uh, what was, what was a significant amount of, uh, funds for, for a rookie in the ABA, but it was nothing near what's been reported. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've watched some highlights of you and to prepare for this interview, I watched some YouTube highlights and so forth. You sort of look at the numbers because I wasn't really around during your playing days. Uh, per se, and I look at all of that, um, your legendary status, the numbers. It, did it did it bother you not being inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame earlier? Well, I, I don't think it bothered me, but it qu- had me to question myself. You know, my thoughts, whether or not you know, am I that one of those accomplished uh, individuals that should. Uh, should or possibly be uh, a part of that uh, elite group of individuals, you know, and and I, I think that was the only uh, perspective I had, whether or not, uh, you know, and, and I had questions or whether or not, I mean, th- there had to be a reason why I wasn't selected. So, you know, I, and that just left me with uh, questions uh, to myself. Yeah. Here comes the A-Train, available now at ArtistGilmore.com as the one and only NBA, ABA legend, Artist Gilmore, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Artist, we appreciate the time. Uh, Go out and enjoy that TCP. Thank you so much. Gardner-Webb head men's basketball coach Tim Kraft is up next. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbread. The neighborhood original. Brought to you by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Visit them at HarlemBeerNC.com. We track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware. 
From the press box to press row. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And I tell you what, Gardner Webb has already punched its ticket to the big dance. And as a matter of fact, in his sixth season as the head men's basketball coach at Gardner Webb is Tim Kraft, who joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Kraft, congratulations and welcome to the program. Thanks a lot and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I want to start with the victory over uh, Radford in that Big South Tournament uh, Championship game. A, a, it was, first of all, a great basketball game. You guys defeated uh, Radford 76-65. to 65. Your thoughts on your team's performance? Well, we just we really played well, you know, and it, we felt like it was important to get off to a good start, and we did. Um, and, and, you know, we got, off, got out to a little bit of a lead. You know, 10, 11, 12 points, something like that, maybe a little more even. And then uh, Radford began to cut into that lead, and then it was a five-point. We had a five-point lead at halftime. And then this, the second half was really just back and forth, and um, we, we were just – our team played terrific offensively. In the second half, we shot 70%, had zero turnovers. And, um, you know, but Radford kept making plays on the other end as well. So – you know, it, it was a it was a it was a war, but as it always is with with Radford. But uh, just really proud of our guys to go in a, into a tough environment and uh, play as confident as they did and, and play together like they did. Yeah, the performance. I mean, you had some good performances. DJ Laster. I mean, you talk about the 32 points in that game. I mean, he hit some really really big shots for you as you as you mentioned, particularly in that second half as things were going back and forth. Talk specifically about his play. Yeah, he played great. I mean, he just played on another level. And he had been playing really well. Uh, he played great throughout the tournament, and he played really well um, a couple weeks leading into the tournament. And I just think he was just rolling in with a lot of confidence. And he, he kind of carried us there in that first half. Um, you know, I think he had 17 points in the first half. And, um, you know, w- when when some other guys were kind of struggling to get going, so uh, that that was obviously needed, you know, to have that that start that 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 we needed to have. And then in the second half, he did. He stepped up and made you know kind of play after play. And then we had quite a few other guys step up and make some big plays there in that second half as well. I mean, coming into that Big South tournament, you had uh, two games that you had won in a row, but you were coming off a loss against High Point. Can you speak to how mm-hmm. big those wins, those last two wins? in the regular season were because you defeated high point, even though you guys split, you lost to them the last time you had played two weeks previous and then ultimately beat Campbell. You played them one time, lost to them. They were the number one seed. And then of course the win against Radford. Yeah, I think they were big, you know, to just get our confidence rolling again, you know, rolling, going into the tournament, we we had won eight of our last 10. Um, And so, you know, we were playing, playing very well, but we lost on the road to high point. They kind of punched us right in the mouth, to be honest with you, in the first half. And we came back and made it close, had a chance to win, but lost it at the end. Um, and then, you know, had two home games where we played Presbyterian, who was really good in our league at the time. I think they were either maybe a game up on us um, uh, when we played them. And then, um, actually, I'm sorry, we had, uh, I think we were on the road at, at Asheville. No, we were. We had PC and Longwood at home. It's mm-hmm. all running together now. Right. PC and Longwood at home. So, um, so, so both of those games, you know, we, 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 and we were really good at home. 
this year undefeated at home. So uh, it was good to kind of get back and feel like we're playing well and, and our confidence back going into that tournament. And then, you know, turning right around and playing high point after they had just beat us, they certainly had our attention, you know, to really lock in and focus in on a scattering report for what we needed to do to be able to advance in the tournament. Um, what did it what did what what did it mean um, from a conference perspective? Because, I, you know, we cover Hampton a lot here on this program, mm-hmm. had for many years while they were in the MEAC. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, they, they played Campbell as about as well as you could play Campbell. And, of course, you beat them during the regular season. But what did it mean to have a program like Hampton added to the Big South? I think it was, it, it's, it's been a great addition, a great, a great addition. We had Hampton and Upstate uh, both come in this year. And I think Hampton brings, you know, so much great tradition um of winning basketball and um you know they stepped right in they had they got great talent on their team uh coach joiner's really good coach and um we had actually played hampton in a home and home series prior to them coming into league so this was our third year in a row playing them um and every game was 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 close you know we won every game but every one was was a fight you know to the end this one was a was an overtime game this year and um they were nine and seven in the league. I mean, you know, I think you know them and really the the, the top eight in our league. I think you could ask any coach in our conference. Any of those eight could have won the tournament, and I felt like Hampton had a great shot. You know, to compete with Campbell there and have a chance to beat them. And um, you know, it was a back and forth battle. Campbell ended up pulling out there in, in the quarterfinals. But um, but I, I think it was Hampton's been a great addition uh, for a lot of different reasons. Tim Kraft is the head men's basketball coach at Gardner-Webb. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Gardner-Webb, of course, Big South Tournament championship uh, champions and going to hear their name called on Sunday for the big dance. So a couple of really big – I mean, this program, since you've been the head coach – and by the way, I mean, it. you know, you, you look up and all of a sudden there's, there's this success with Gardner-Webb who not that long ago was in Division Two. Uh, I want to talk with you a little bit about the wins against Georgia Tech and Wake Forest earlier in the season and what those wins meant for this program. Yeah, you know, those are always great wins for our program. Anytime we can knock off a BCS opponent on the road, um, you know, it just does a great deal to kind of bring some extra exposure to our our university and our program. And uh, those are kind of head-turning wins and uh, we've had a few, you know, in my time here. We've we've beaten Clemson, we've beaten Purdue, um, uh, Nebraska uh, a couple years ago, and um, and then to have, get these two this year. I mean, I, I think you know they do it. They do they do a few things. They give you you know some some extra exposure and and kind of uh, attention uh, to your program and your university. Um, and then I think it 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 certainly instills some confidence into your players uh, that you can. Well, number one, it's hard to win on the road anywhere. But, um, you know, I think it, it gives them some extra confidence of, you know, who they can become as a basketball team as you head in the league play. No, no I think there's no question about it. Can can you speak a little bit, and in, in again, six seasons as the head man there at Gardner-Webb in terms of how the Big South uh, has grown in terms of basketball and more of the respect that the conference is getting nationally? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope our, our league is respected nationally. I think it is. Um, you know, just since, since I've been in the league, I mean, there's just the, the coaching, the coaching is so good. And I, you know, before I got to Gardner Webb, I, 
I coached in uh, Conference USA uh, for three years at East Carolina. At the time, they were in Conference USA, and and um, what which has really be, kind of become the American now, uh, the league that that I was coaching in. And then uh, coached uh, for three years in the SEC at Auburn, and uh, didn't know a whole lot about the Big South. But but when we came, you know, when I came into it, and I've just been impressed from the start. I just think great players, really good coaches, regional rivalries. Um, you know, it's been it's been so competitive every season, and you know, we've had we've had you know really solid success in my six years. Last year was our worst year in the league, and we were nine and nine. Um, so, you know, we've been 10 and 6, 10 and 8, 11 and 7, 10 and 6, um, and kind of right there on the cusp of, of kind of, you know, being in that one, one to two spot. But it's like, you know, so many of those years, um, you know, that one or two games separates, uh, the top from maybe the, the fifth or sixth spot. And, um, that, that's how competitive our league has been. And, um, you know, we've, we've had some, throughout the league had some great wins um you know over bcs schools across the you know across the country and um you know i just i, I think our i think it really is tough and this year's you know i think we're rated like 19th best league in the in ken palm which is um you know a little higher than has been in the past so it, it was a it was a really good league here from top to bottom this year that, of course, the voice of Tim Kraft, the head men's basketball coach at Gardner-Webb, who joins us here on the program. A couple more thoughts, Coach Kraft. We appreciate the time. You know, when you look at uh, the landscape of, of, of really college basketball, I mean, you can even look at a team like a Gonzaga in, in that league, and they had to start somewhere in terms of they started from the bottom, if you will. Now they're getting um, teams that get at large berths, et cetera. So do you feel like in the next couple of years or so, that the Big South is poised to be able to get an at-large berth to the tournament? Well, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that that's totally out of the question, but I do think I do think the um, dynamics of the the schools in in that West Coast League, West Coast Conference that Gonzaga competes in, and and the Big South Conference are, are are different. You know, they're different. I think our you know our our enrollment, the enrollments of our schools in our league are smaller. Um, you know the financial resources are, are are not quite what they are at most of the places schools in that in that league. So I don't know if that's a great comparison, um, but I, I would I wouldn't tell, say that that it's out of the question. Um, the, the the level of of coaching and the the way some of these uh, programs in our league have recruited. Um, I would never say that that's out of the question. Sure, even even let's even look at a league like an uh, the the MVC or or another league that again, right? You know, Sorter was in the in the same vein as the Big South, yeah. and now has gotten at large berths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely think, and I think our league has done a lot to try to um, build build its brand when it comes to basketball, and it, it's certainly on the right track and. Um, you know, our presidents and our ADs and our commissioner and league office really, you know, kind of putting their heads together and trying to work together to, to build the brand of, of our men's basketball programs. And, and, you know, I'm certainly, uh, think that that's, uh, you know, it's moving in the right direction. Um, you know, not too long ago, you had Winthrop as a, as a 13 seed, um, which was, you know, a huge step, I think, for our program to kind of, you know, improve the seeding of our, 
of our team. So, um, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of factors that go into that, you know, getting that large bid, it comes to scheduling and, um, you know, there's a lot of, di- you know, and that can be difficult for schools at our level to be able to schedule the kind of games you need to schedule, uh, in order to put yourself in a position to, to get in that large bid. So, uh, just a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of factors that go into, into being able to, to, to get two, two out of our league. But, um, you know, I would tell you our league is, is really, really good and really competitive and, and, you know, great coaches, great players. And then lastly, where are you guys watching are going to have your watch party? Yeah, we, we're, we're going to, we're putting together an event in our student center and we got a beautiful new student center. And so we're, I mean, we're inviting everyone, all, you know, our students, our, the community, uh, we're expecting a really big crowd and we're trying to, you know, this is a huge deal here in our community because Gardner-Webb's never been to the NCAA tournament. So uh, for our university, for all the people that have kind of grown up in Cleveland County and followed Gardner-Webb basketball um, their whole lives, this is such a huge event. And we're just trying to make everybody uh, feel like they're a part of it and um, trying to, to, to open our doors to everyone that can, can fit in that student center to, to be a part of this selection show. And uh, we're really looking forward to enjoying the day. Outstanding. Tim Kraft, the head men's basketball coach at Gardner-Webb in his sixth season, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row Gardner-Webb. Uh, again, having the watch party on Sunday, going to find out where they're going to play in the NCAA tournament. Coach Kraft, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and Gardner-Webb. Thanks so much. That's all the time I have today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you to Gardner-Webb, head men's basketball coach, Tim Kraft, also ABA NBA legend, Artis Gilmore for joining us on the program, and Virginia State head men's basketball coach, Lonnie Blow, for joining us as well. For more information on From the Press Box to Press Row, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. And always remember to support those that support Yo, from the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications. Yeah, you have your own rules about playing the game. Any day you could talk away, feel no pain. Now look at yourself. Yeah, you're all hung up on somebody else. And in your eyes I see all the signs of the misery.